Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Welcome to the Singapore FinTech Festival edition of Morning Shot. I'm Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3 is an official media partner of the event this year, and in this episode, we touch on central bank digital currency or CBDC, as well as tokenized money, a topic that will be covered in some of the key panel discussions. Now, according to the International Monetary Fund, more than half of the world's central banks are exploring or developing digital currencies. While some may assume that CBDCs are a new concept, these digital versions of cash that are issued and regulated by central banks have, in fact, been around for three decades. So, just a quick fun fact: back in 1993, the Bank of Finland launched the Avant Smart Card, an electronic form of cash. Although the system was dropped in the early 2000s, it can be considered the world's first CBDC. And this concept of CBDCs has only just taken flight in recent years, prompted by technology advances and a decline in the use of cash. For more insights, we are joined by Murray McGuinness, European Commissioner for Financial Services, Financial Stability, and Capital Markets Union. Murray, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be with you. You know, I think we should take a step back and look at the big picture. What is the point of a CBDC? I thought you did a very good job in your intro about what CBDCs are and, and their evolution. And I think if you and I'm going to re- reach into my pocket. You mentioned cash, and I actually have local currency in my pocket, thanks to those who provided it. Um, so, in in a sense, in the world where less of physical cash is being used, so people aren't having it in their pockets, but you want to have the same feel. Of Cash in a digital format, then central bank money is important. So central bank digital currency is critical for the European Union. It is also about the role of the euro as a global currency. It's about making sure we're fit for the future, and it's also about. In the beginning, there was some concerns that if private currencies take this space, then what is the role of central banks and monetary policy? So there are many, many reasons why we have uh, an investigation into a potential digital euro. It is being looked at. By others across the world, I suppose, because Europe is responsible for so many member states who are looking at this. I think there's an extra focus on what we're doing, but we're not rushing this project. And I think that's one of the really important messages I want to communicate. We're doing it in a very steady and measured way, and I think you need to have that. About 100 countries are exploring CBDCs at one level or another right now. Some researching, testing, and a few already distributing CBDCs to the public. What do you make of progress right now? Well, I think every jurisdiction does it at its own pace and in its own way. The European Union is is quite unique in that what we have done, working with the European Central Bank, is propose legislation for a potential digital euro. And this is before there's a decision to launch or not, because we want to make sure that there is a democratic process behind、uh, this evolution. What that means is that the European Parliament, where I once was a member, and the member states, ministers, and in the public space, there is a discussion. 
about what this is, why we're doing it, and all the potential questions, the good and the difficult questions that arise because of it. What's interesting now is that the European Central Bank have moved to a preparation phase, but that still doesn't uh, make it clear if there will be a launch of a digital euro. That decision is, is not made. But I think, again, because we've worked in a very steady and measured way with the ECB, I think we can say that our progress is measured and steady. What's also interesting is now that the legislation is out, there's been a much more nuanced and, and deep discussion about a digital euro. And that's happening not only in parliaments, but also in the public space. You know, during COVID, we didn't have cash in our pockets because we couldn't get access to it and we were using digital all the time. And that really has, I suppose, accelerated the digitalization of finance. But also the discussion around a digital euro is making the public say, well, actually, we want access to cash as well. So we were very clear that in launching our legislation on a potential digital euro, we would also say let's ensure the right of access to cash and acceptability of cash for citizens. We did not want there be any sense that this was a replacement for cash. It is not. It is a complement to cash. And now we see in some areas where digitalization was really advanced, and I think of Sweden, they don't have the euro, they have their own currency. There's also um, a more a deep and meaningful discussion about what do we want in the future for money? What do we want for cash? How do we want digitalization to proceed? Conscious that we all are using digital payments and this uh, exhibition is full of many ways to do that. So I think the discussion in Europe is deeper because we have made it a democratic process rather than a top-down decision. And there will be areas, I'm sure, of privacy that you may want to raise. It's certainly, as a citizen, I'm concerned about privacy, but I'm also able to reassure citizens that the ECB does not know or does not care to know what you're spending your digital euros on. This is not for them. Equally, the banking sector might be concerned of disintermediation, so they might feel pushed out. We're saying, no, no, you have a role in distribution and innovation. So it's not the easiest topic because you can't see a digital euro. And I often think if you can't visualize something, it's harder to understand the concept. But maybe to reassure all of us is the role of central banks in our societies and our economies of monetary policy. These are public goods. And in my view, the digital era should not wipe away the very important part of public goods in society and in our economy. And you touched on this earlier, privacy. How big a concern is this and what is the way forward when it comes to addressing some of these concerns? Today we share information when we're making payments because if you're doing online payments, you have to put in your details. But we also reassure um, citizens that we are going to have an offline option should a digital euro be launched, which will give you the same privacy as cash. Um, we do not, and as I said, the ECB are not going to be involved in tracking. There needs to be, of course, uh, anti-money laundering and, and terrorism financing has got to be taken account of. So there should not be any concerns around an invasion of your privacy. And equally, we're doing lots in the whole digital finance area but each of us as individuals we share data all the time and sometimes we don't realize and we do it quickly i think in this conversation we might also become a little bit more conscious of what we're sharing and who we're sharing it with and why so in open banking or open finance we are in control rather than feeling that we are being if you like our data has been sucked from us but a digital euro will not threaten your privacy um, because it has the similar quality 
facilities as cash and indeed as I said in the e-payment space you will just have to give similar details so there's no additional worry around that but I don't dismiss those who have concerns. We need to listen very carefully and address those concerns. And let's talk about concerns when it comes to CBDC's impact on monetary policy and financial stability. So a lot of in a sense, uncharted territory. So where are discussions going on this front? You know, one of the things we haven't mentioned in our short conversation is the potential for private currencies and what their role might be. I think in the early days when there was some of the big techs were talking about launching a currency, I think some of my finance ministers were a bit concerned and I think they had due concern. That didn't happen, but it didn't mean that we shouldn't try and look at what is the role of central bank uh, digital currencies, specifically the euro. So I think if you look at those conversations and where we are today, it's much more measured and it's much more thoughtful around uh, a potential use and acceptability of, of a digital euro. We still have those who are in this parallel space who would like to think that they are not part of a regulated environment and we saw the dangers of that with some of the crypto experiences and the FTXs and all of those things which I think should really give us a big wake-up call about uh, unregulated and um, a parallel universe. What we want to maintain and enhance to some extent is the importance role of monetary policy. How do you do that in a digital era where we use less and less cash? You do it with a digital equivalent. I have to say that when we started this conversation about a you know, potential digital euro way back, I, I, I really questioned my services and I said, tell me why you know, when, how, what will this mean? So I went through a lot of thought and my, my biggest, I suppose, um, checkpoint was that if we did not investigate, if we weren't looking at this, we would be negligent because the future is digital. Now with the digital future, we also need to talk about cybersecurity, resilience, conscious that in a digital world, you have concerns around fraud and scams, which are increasing. But to go back to what a digital euro would mean, it would mean that we would still have a digital cash and, and for me that's really important. Choice is vital too. On the topic of cryptocurrencies, we are also seeing the rise in tokenized money. So how would you describe the intersection between tokenized money and CBDCs and how will these dynamics play out? Well, I think one of the things about the experience of crypto to date was that some of those that were backed weren't backed by anything. So there was a false bottom, if you like. And tragically, many lost their life savings in doing this. What I think the future will be, we have our markets and crypto assets regulation. We will regulate a potential digital euro. So that there will be more concern and attention to the safety of us as individuals when we make these investments and more responsibility on those in the crypto space to adhere to the rules that we have. Equally, and I mention cybersecurity all the time, it's my big worry, we have a piece of legislation on digital operation resilience. So we want to make sure that every day, every moment, the financial system is aware that it has obligations to be ever more attentive to resilience, particularly as we more and more digitalize. So there is space, in my view, for both. But there is not space for a wild west that is unregulated. There is space for digital euro regulated as it will be by uh, legislation that is backed by parliaments across Europe and the European Parliament. And they will have their say. I mean, the thing about being in the Commission, we propose legislation. But I too was a member of Parliament and I amended lots of legislation proposed by the Commission. Democratic oversight, in my view, should give our citizens confidence in what we're doing and in where we are likely to end up. But we also need to think globally. 
because there are other players doing this. We need to think of interoperability. Uh, and these are things and parts of a discussion which will continue right throughout this process. Um, and what's been really wonderful here in Singapore, I'm getting an overload of information and feedback, but it's all been very useful and will certainly help us in our thought process. And I hope we've given some of our experience here as well so that we can learn from each other because you mentioned this is uncharted territory. So we don't have a roadmap to work from. We have to build this road as we walk it. And rather than jogging or going really fast, we're walking on this track building the track carefully and making sure that we take into account all of the valid concerns, some of the criticisms that are not valid, but we listen to them and we try and get this right because this is about the future. So we have to make sure that every step we take is a solid step based on you know good investigation, good preparatory work, listening to our uh, members of parliament and answering all the questions that arise. All right, great chatting with Marie McGuinness. She's the European Commissioner for Financial Services, Financial Stability and Capital Markets Union. Just charting what the future will look like when it comes to CBDCs. Stay Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.